Hello, and welcome to Our Heart for Teaching, where we explore the why in the teaching profession. I'm your host, Christy Everhart. Thank you for joining us today as we discuss that million-dollar question of what's your why in education? Okay, well, welcome to another episode of Our Why in Education, and tonight I will be interviewing Leslie DePasquale. Welcome, Leslie, to the show. Thank you so much for being a part. Thanks for including me, Christy. I appreciate it. Awesome. Well, can you start by giving, can you um, introduce yourself to our listeners out there and tell us a little bit about, like, your education history and who you are? Um, My name is Leslie DePasquale. I'm currently a district testing and LPAC coordinator for a school in the Austin area. Before that, I started teaching in 2000 and I think 2005 at a small district outside of San Antonio. I taught there for three years as a speech and debate coach, reading teacher, English language arts teacher. And then from there, um, I moved to another school district where I taught for five years where I met Christy. Um, I taught reading, language arts, uh, speech communication, did one year of tech apps, um, mentored a couple of student teachers, worked with inclusion teachers, um, and that's how Christy and I actually started working together was in an inclusion classroom. Um, I'm certified in ESL, special education, speech, um, and English language arts um, for the high school level and eighth grade. And then also um, I have an administrator certification. After I left working with Christy for two years, I was an ESL specialist teacher in another small district. Well, small school, large district. Um, I did that for two years um, before I became an administrator. And that in my current district, I started out as an assistant principal and LPAC and testing administrator. And then moved into the associate principal role for about two, three, maybe four, three or four years. And then the last two years, I've been a district testing and LPAC coordinator for the district. So I think I've got 16, 17 years underneath my belt and learned a lot along the way. But I always knew I wanted to be a teacher because when I was in high school, I was a member of TAFI or the Texas Association for Future Educators. And I come from a long line of um, educators as well. My dad, my aunt, my grandparents, and lots of cousins and relatives. I think that's awesome. And you certainly have a plethora of experiences within education. And I just want to let our listeners know that I think it's amazing that I'm getting to interview you because you played a pivotal role in my own education. And I absolutely still consider you one of my mentors to this day. So I'm really excited to get to chat with you about your own why in education. So let's go ahead and talk about that. You said that you always knew you wanted to be a teacher because you were a part of Taffy, but what is your absolute purpose and your why in education when you get asked that question of why do you do this? Because it comes with so many headaches and, you know, we get asked that all the time. What is your response of why you come back and you continue, as you said, you've been in this field for 16 years. What keeps you going? What's your why? I think... It's kind of funny because it's really um, my Twitter handle, Knowledge Zealot. I love knowledge, but not only do I love learning, I love helping others to learn. I love um, the aha moments in people's faces. 
Um, I thought when I left the classroom and moved into administration, I would miss that, um, but I haven't. Um, I still have the opportunity to reach children um, and, and give them that opportunity to have the aha moment. Working with adults, same thing, mentoring adults, working with adults. I, I have that opportunity. And for me, that's the big thing. It's when it clicks. It's also um, because I like to have fun. And so as I think about the different things that I've done in my why, I want everyone to understand that you should never stop learning and that learning can be fun. And it's really important to me. When I was in the classroom, I would do silly things uh, to get my students' attention, but then to show them where it connected to what we were learning. So it wasn't just about here's a worksheet and here's what we're going to do. It was making everything come alive. And that's one of the things I really enjoyed about being an ESL teacher is crossing that um, language and really making students understand what we were doing um, in the classroom, but how it connected to their real life as well and finding new ways and constantly researching how to make teaching so effective that I knew that my students were learning and that they, they could come back and be excited about what they were learning. Like that's that part of the aha that means so much to me. I love that. And I love that you want your students to be excited. So I'm curious when you were growing up, were your teachers like that? Did they engage you or was your educational experience different than that? And how did that impact your why and wanting to make it really meaningful and exciting and have students pursue that long li lifelong learning? I would say that I pretty much had a mixed bag of teachers growing up. I grew up in a relatively small town, small school district where everybody knew everyone and we all went to church together pretty much. So I saw my teachers and administrators, counselors, I would see them, you know, six days a week instead of just five days a week. Um, so growing up, I think, you know, my first few years in school, um, I had some really, really good teachers when I was in elementary school and they really taught me a lot and showed me a lot of compassion and learning because I was a little bit of an awkward child when I was mm -hmm. in elementary. And so then as I got into middle school, I became more involved. And I think that somewhere in elementary is when my parents split. And so I went through that awkward phase of really not knowing what my purpose was, you know, as a student, as a, as a, as a child. So by the time I got to middle school, I had some really, really good friends. But also, like I said, I, I grew up with around these people that were educating me. So it was really important to me that I had these relationships. And so when I was struggling with my social emotional issues, which now I know it's social emotional, um, but I didn't have a label for it or know really what was going on back then. There was a lot of people who supported me in the school system um, in dealing with the fact that, you know, my parents were divorced and sometimes it was it was hard for me to to really put that together because I'm also the oldest and I have a brother and then I had some more brothers. And so it was just a really crazy time as I was growing up through middle school, uh, but I always had that support. And then going through high school, the same thing, more so in middle school, when I was, I was struggling, I had a lot of support with um, activities, um, being in honor society and just um, doing lots of things with with different groups in middle school to to help me develop some of my skills 
And that's probably when I really, really understood that I, I was going to be a teacher was probably in middle school. And then um, as I moved into high school, I went to three high schools my senior year. So that was a little more difficult. But in all of my um, my high schools that my senior year, I had some great teachers who understood how it was to move because um, I, I did move around a little bit more in my high school years. And also, you know, I had teachers who, again, were compassionate. Um, and I had some teachers who were probably um, a little more pushy sometimes. And um, maybe I butted heads with some of them occasionally. Um, but I think a lot of it was just because, you know, there was a lot going on with me. But I, as I look back on it, I learned how to resolve conflict when I did um, feel that conflict in the classroom. And so as I moved on to college, that was a big thing for me is, is making sure that I always knew how to resolve conflict, whether it be internally with my peers, you know, with my students and, and teaching students how to resolve conflict and communicate. And so I actually, that's why I ended up studying communication before education, because I really wanted to hone my communication skills as I moved on. Nice. I think that's interesting how your teachers in both positive and negative interactions really impacted what you chose to do. And I also find it interesting that instead of just jumping into education immediately, you chose to pursue the communication factor of it because you wanted to know how to interact with others, which that's a huge struggle point for many educators because we just don't know how to express some of those things, especially when we butt heads with, you know, stubborn students or stubborn adults, like because your personalities are just so similar that you can't come to um, a common interest point that you can agree on. So I think that's awesome. As you got through your major and you went through school and you've decided, hey, I'm going to be a teacher and I've studied communication now. Um, when we first go into education, you know, we come in and we're all excited and we have our, our dream of like how amazing it's going to be at the beginning. And then, you know, we have our purpose and our why right at the beginning of it. And then very, very quickly in the classroom, we realize that, you know, things aren't exactly um, perfect world like we tend to imagine it. And then we gain that experience. So did your why start to shift as you started gaining that experience with the students, with the other educators, with, you know, administrators? How did your why shift as you started gaining that experience? So it's really interesting because I always thought I wanted to be a college professor. So when I was in college as a um, undergraduate student, my last semester as an undergraduate, and then my first semester as a graduate student, I that's what I wanted to be. And so one of the projects that um, the students did in the course that I was assisting with was research for a speech and I'm in the library with my students after class in the mornings, whenever, because none of them knew how to do research. And I was like, wow, these are college students and they can't research. And that's something that I had learned in high school. I was like, this is, this is strange to me. So at that point I was like, I need to teach high school. I don't need to be a college professor. I need to be a high school teacher because I need to make sure that students are ready for college and beyond. Whether they decide to go to college or not, good researching skills, critical thinking is very, very important. So I got, I started studying and that's when I decided I was going to go into the high school. 
So then after teaching in high school for a few years, especially being a speech and debate coach, I had some really good students who knew how to do research, but I had some students also who struggled with, with writing and research. And I was like, okay, maybe I should be a middle school teacher because students seem to be prepared when they get to high school. So I moved into teaching um, middle school and that was a lot of fun. But um, very quickly, I learned that my best lesson plans might somehow be um, interrupted because other things happen. And so I really had to think about what was important, how to scaffold, because I wanted to make sure that my eighth grade students, when they moved to high school, were ready to tackle anything and write anything and be able to think critically. And that's one of the reasons why I really, really enjoyed teaching speech communication or communication applications, because I could do the same. And one of the neatest things for me was, can I connect what we're doing in the communications class with the English language arts class and vice versa? And so that kind of became my thing when I was teaching in middle school, because I had some of those students twice a day, once for English language arts, once for speech. And how do I meld that together? I also learned how to really, really be a team when I was working with the middle school where I taught high school. Um, there wasn't um, as many teachers on the grade level as there were when I went to teaching middle school. So I think, you know, if, if you know, the question is, you know, my why changed, my why changed a lot. My thoughts changed a lot. And I just kept learning and evolving and learning different ways. And when something was brought up, you know, what can I do to make it work within my knowledge base? And what do I need to learn to make it work because I have the gaps? What advice would you give your um, fellow educators? Because you said that your why and your purpose was changing as you, especially as you discovered new things. But a lot of times this change is really uncomfortable and it sounds like you shifted your mindset quite a bit. So for educators out there who are like, okay, well, I get this. What advice would you have for them as far as working with the struggle of when, when they're wrestling with their why, like, how do you process through that reflection piece? Like what advice could you give them? Well, and I think you just said it reflection. I learned very on early on to be very reflective and that's what I look at it. What can I do to meet my students where they are? What can I do to push them? What do I see that I can help them with? What do they need to help themselves with? Just constantly looking at the data that is that is there in front of you, but also looking at your students and getting to know your students and being, building relationships with them. And just making sure that when you're reflecting, you're thinking about it. When I'm looking at a student write an essay, and they're struggling with the introduction paragraph. What do I need to do? Just gloss over it and keep going or back it up, reteach and chunk it out. And I think that's one of the reasons why I really enjoyed working with all different groups of students. Um, I loved, absolutely loved differentiating assignments for students and working with students and putting in the extra time to really get them to see where they were going and help them with their struggles in the classroom with learning the material to show them that everybody can learn and making sure that I always, my students always knew that I cared about them. And I think that's the big thing when you're starting out is, is look at what's going on and make sure that you are making the adjustments and always reach out for help. I think that's very, very important. I, I've reached out. I still reach out. Um, but I, I did a lot of reaching out to other teachers, 
either that I went to college with, teachers on my team, teachers in other districts, former teachers that I had, um, just any of anybody that I could reach out to, um, especially if I was doing something new. Um, but also researching myself, reading articles, uh, checking out books, just whatever I could do to really focus on what I, what I needed to do. Doing a lot of, um, you know, we're fortunate. We, we can Google search almost anything. So really thinking about what, what do I need to do to keep moving? Excellent. I think that's awesome advice. I love it. Okay, let's talk about the challenging part because especially as you get into the middle of the year and you're doing the grind of the daily work and you're working with the students and then you're swamped with data and challenges and, you know, students who have that pushback and just all of the challenges that education presents and you start to feel overwhelmed, especially toward the middle of the year where you begin to wonder, why am I putting myself through this every single day? How, when you deal with that, how do you help yourself get reconnected back I lost to you. Oh, sorry. Um, how do you get reconnected with your purpose when you have those struggle moments where things are just really, really hard and you struggle to want to come back in and work with all the challenges of the job? How do you help yourself get reconnected to that? Okay. I lost you for part of that, but I think I got the gist of it. You're talking about the year when just everything kind of comes in and you're trying to um for me reaching out to the parent at the beginning of the school year establish the relationship with my students by letting the parent know who i was um making sure the parent knew how to contact me so just establishing a relationship with the parent at the very beginning of the year um, contacting them at the very first few weeks of school. Uh, I tried to do as many as I could in the first week, and sometimes it would spill into the second week. But for the most part, I tried to call my parents in the first week. And that's something I learned along the way. It wasn't something I did at the very beginning. The first year I taught, I like I said, I worked in a very small district. So a lot of that had to do with just going to athletic events and meeting parents. But I just really understood that that was an important piece of making it through that middle of year time when, you know, Fatigue sets in, for lack of a better term, because I've already established a relationship with the students, but also with the parents. So the students know that, hey, I, you know, she calls my mom. She calls my mom when I do something great. She calls my mom when I need some extra help. But then it was easier to, I guess, you know, get the students um, to come in and do a little extra tutoring or um, to, to know my students. I think it's really important to get to know your students as quickly as possible, um, connect with them so that when you are in that middle of the year and you're just like, I'm tired, to remember why you're there. You're there for every one of those children in your class. You're there for yourself. You're there for their parents. You're there for everybody in that building to positive and supportive and just keep going because the aha moment is right around the corner. And that's the biggest adrenaline rush for me is when a student gets an aha moment. And I love it when we go from one aha moment and then a few weeks later we get another aha moment. It's just the look on their faces. And I, for me, a huge reward is now when I run into former students and they, you know, say, I'm glad you didn't stop. You know, I'm glad that you kept working with me. I learned so much in your class um, and just that that positiveness. So as I've, I've gone through the years, I've really enjoyed that. Um, and in the different school districts I've worked at where, believe it or not, 
I'll run into a student that I had, you know, at a different school a few years later in the other school district that I'm at, which is really, which is really interesting because, you know, in this area, we have a lot of mobility with our students and they move around a lot. So I, I like being that, that person that they know that they can count on to have that positive relationship. But I also like being that person for the parent as well, um, because it meant a lot in, in getting the students where they needed to be. And, but also like the thing I learned as my own learning, the social emotional part of it, they have to know that you're not, that they're not just a, a student in your class, but they're, they're human. And that focus on making sure that all my students feel like they are a person that I have a relationship and a connection with got me through all the prompts because it wasn't just about the data. It was about what do I need to do for this student or this student? You know, what can I do to bring in this parent to help this student? Like, what can we do as a, as a community and as a group to get through when also, you know, th so that was a big part of it. I think that's awesome. And especially the part where you have that aha moment with the students especially I know for me working in middle school half of them come in and they feel so defeated before they ever start um, getting them to realize their confidence and see that oh my goodness I did this like I seriously was able to succeed and those aha moments just really set the ground ready for them to be able to you know race forward and make amazing progress when they just are able to start to have that confidence that, you know, we see their potential, but they don't quite believe it yet. So I absolutely love that you put that in. And I absolutely also agree that those aha moments just, it resets you almost like you could be having the worst time. And then, you know, a kid has an aha moment and you're fired up again for, you know, an exponential amount of time. So thank you for sharing that. And Leslie, you mentioned at the beginning that you have been in the field of education for 16 years, which is way above the average statistic where teachers are leaving within the first five. So what are some things that have really inspired you to continue working in this profession and to continue growing yourself and, and trying new avenues? Because you've done many, many different things in this profession. So what keeps you going? I think what keeps me going is, again, realizing that I love learning and sometimes people don't understand how much learning can fuel them. And what I'm saying about that is I like to learn all kinds of things and I'm always learning from others, whether it be a student or an adult. I like learning from others and, and connecting with them. One of my favorite things um, when I was on a campus as an administrator was doing walkthroughs and evaluations. I loved learning from the teachers that I was observing new um, techniques in the classroom, but I also loved observing and learning their crafts because, you know, as, as an administrator, you get to see all kinds of, of teaching. You get to see the math and the science. And, you know, one of my friends told me one time that when an administrator talks about your lesson to another administrator or to the department head, that's really meaningful because your lesson connected. And I always enjoyed that part as being an administrator. But as a teacher, 
I enjoyed that too. I enjoyed learning from my colleagues at the beginning of the year when we do professional development, throughout the year in professional development, through conversations at the lunch table. Like just, I like learning from others. And then I like learning from my students. I like learning about their lives and the different things that they do. And that was so much fun about being a speech teacher is some of the speeches we would do, you know, an introduction speech, just tell me about you and your life and, and give me some, you know, some little tidbits about your family. But if you didn't want to, because you weren't comfortable, that's okay. Talk to me about you, like just learning from others and, and getting to know them. And so that's, what's kept me in this profession is I like people. I like connecting with people. I like learning from people. And I like sharing my knowledge with people, whether it's through teaching or conversations. But I just, I, I love that piece because I think the more knowledge that we have, the more we can think critically and we can make um, decisions. And they're not always going to be the right decisions, but at least we have some reason why we made that decision. And then we learn from it because we can go back and look at what made me do that? You know, why did I make that decision? What was it that that put me there? And, and what do I still need to know that can help me make a better decision in the future. That's exciting. And I absolutely love that you do comment on, you learn from everybody. It's not just we learn from our teachers or we learn from our colleagues, but our students are teaching us things that we might not ever know. And that brings us just as much joy. So thank you for commenting on that. We're reaching the end of our podcast. What advice would you have for other teachers who are maybe even thinking of going into the profession? Maybe they're, you know, just kind of hitting that blah time of the year. What advice would you give for other educators, no matter what stage of their teaching and education life that they're in right now? I think the best advice, um, is always make time for yourself. That's really, really important because self-care is very important. Um, be reflective and just be honest and true to yourself. Um, some of the advice I've given in the past to teachers is follow your dreams and share your dreams because that that's important. And so I think that, you know, that advice is just take care of yourself, know yourself. And part of that comes from, you know, reflecting and, and giving yourself a moment in that's something that I would do either during lunch or conference, five, 10 minutes. It's just quiet thinking, whatever I needed to do just to give myself a little bit of time, you know, as it went through. And it's okay too, when students are working independently and you're monitoring them just to, to look at them, see what they're doing and just take a deep breath and relax a little bit. And just at any time when you need that moment, take a moment for yourself. And sometimes it's just like 10 seconds of just a deep breath. And letting it back out. And I think that's really, really the important thing to do, especially um, at this time of the year, um, as you know, we're balancing students who are, you know, some of them are still learning from home or have gaps from, you know, last year with um, with uh, with all of the different schooling options that there were there. I think that's really important. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. And finally, I would like to give you an opportunity to give a quick shout out to somebody who's made a difference in your life or helped you along your journey. Is there anybody in your life that you'd just like to give a quick shout out to? So there's a lot of people who have helped me in my journey. But when I have to sit back and I have to reflect on who had the biggest impact, I think, on my journey, I would have to say... It was my grandmother who passed away a few years ago and my grandmother was a teacher and she's the first one who kind of taught me to be a teacher 
and she inspired me. And as I was going through being a teacher and all of the different things that I did, my grandmother was always my biggest cheerleader. And my grandmother retired when I was 12. So a long, long time ago. And one day I remembered I was getting ready to teach a lesson and I brought my computer to my grandmother and I said, I really want to show you my PowerPoint. And this was probably a month and a half before she passed away. And I show her my PowerPoint and I walk her through my PowerPoint and she never used a PowerPoint. I mean, she used an overhead projector with markers, <laughs> right? She was so engaged in it and she was so excited about my passion for, for teaching and learning. Um, and she gave me feedback. She gave me a critique. She gave me feedback. But that was my entire childhood growing up is she was, she was the forever teacher for me from the time I was, I was a child until the time she passed away. I learned so much from her. And that's the part that I, I, I say about you just, you never want to stop learning. Um, and I know I taught her a lot of things too. I mean, I taught her about PowerPoint. So Nice. I think that's awesome. And what a great connection. And that just really demonstrates to the power of lifelong learning and that relationship that you had with your grandmother is amazing. I was going to give you the shout out, but I figured that was a little too corny. So <laughs> well, because here's the reason why, Christy, and you, if you want to add this as a bonus, the reason why like you're my second shout out is because you and I were a great team and I you as you learn. But I love the fact that you, just like me, are still growing and still finding things. And so when you and I talk about what you're doing, and it doesn't matter if we haven't talked in months or even, you know, lots and lots of months. But when we talk about what you're doing in the classroom, your enthusiasm, I love it. And that inspires me to keep going because sometimes we do get in that right. And when I think about, you know, you've taught so many different things as well, but you are all about your students, but you're all about yourself too. You're all about making those connections with the students and being you with your students. And I think that's really, really important. And so a lot of times, you know, when I think about our relationship, I think about what a fabulous teacher you are and how you have really just in the years that I've known you just grown so much um, and just, you have this, this love and it just fuels you, but you also take time for yourself. And I think that's great. Thank you. That's very nice of you to say. And I mean, it took a while, but yeah, I had great people like you who supported me and encouraged me to just finally be me on the journey. So yeah, it's definitely great fun, but yeah. All right, Leslie, I just want to thank you again so much for taking your time to be on my podcast. And if you'll take a second to just talk to our listeners about how they connect, connect with you, if they want to share their experiences with you or get connected with you, can you share your information with us, please? Sure. Um, I'm probably most active on Twitter. Like I said at the beginning, uh, my college zealot. So it's K-N-O-W-L-E-D-G-E. Zealot, Z-E-A-L-O-T, because I love learning. So <laughs> that's probably the best way to connect with me is on Twitter. Um, I don't tweet as much as I used to, um, but I know that, you know, Christy and I started the tweeting journey together, and she tweets a lot more than I do. I love to follow people in education. I love to retweet um, things. Um, and I also like to really 
some of the things that I read. And that's how I learn new things because we did. And I go, wow, I want to learn more about that. And so then I go down the rabbit hole again of, of, of learning more. I think that's awesome. And I love that you mentioned that we started that journey together because I definitely remember being terrified that first day at an ed camp. And it's like, what the heck is Twitter? And how do I do this? And years later, it's a great, it's just a great way to connect with other educators. So thank you for sharing that story. And I just really appreciate your time tonight. And thank you again, Leslie. No problem. Thanks, Christy. You have been listening to Our Heart for Teaching, where we explore our purpose and our why in the field of education. If you would like more information or to share your own purpose in education, be sure to connect with me on Twitter at A Heart for Teaching. I look forward to hearing from you soon and please tune in to the next episode of Our Heart for Teaching.